right, we're back. It's another edition of the Sound Surfers Podcast, episode number four. This one's going to be huge. Ooh, it's going to be bad. Huge. It's going to be bad. Yeah, it's going to be bad. That's what we're talking about a little bit later. We didn't even do an album review because we're just going to talk about bad. Michael Jackson's bad. That was the homework I assigned yeah. these guys. It's not exactly reviewing no. the album. It's, it's more having a, a think tank, a thought talk, a passionate discussion on, on the king. Michael Jackson. <laughs> about exactly. the masterpiece. The yeah. masterpiece. Exactly. Malcolm has said a little it. bit. Malcolm has said that he might cry during this episode. I very well could. I, I'm pretty interested in that. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like, it, it's you'll see. Like, there's gonna be a part. Like, it, it, I might tears. get up and dance. There might be. Yep. It, and when Mike, it's, it's always tears of joy. So, yeah. Let's make sure we get that on Snapchat or something. I, I was <laughs> actually gonna say, if he cries, like that will be what we promote for this podcast. Like, exactly. I will get a picture. Man falls be, ill discussing yeah. Michael Jackson's bad album. Just like <laughs> people when they used viral. to go on tour, they just fainted. Malcolm oh. was just one of those in the studio. Well, you know, you know what it is because I've never, I never had the chance to fall out like his groupies mm-hmm. <laughs> and i know that i would have if i was there so it's just like you know just talking about him enough is the- exactly oh. Oh, somebody's gonna catch you somebody yeah. will catch you one of the Some, guys somebody <laughs> needs to just no look doubt. what do you guys wrap around here and get me let's do uh some introductions first i'm gonna start over here on my right so you go first hey what's up guys i'm corbin hailing from las vegas new mexico if you yeah, forgot yeah. about that and to my right all the way from the ie southern california corona california what's popping i'm malcolm uh i'm from south phoenix Yay. Uh, my name's James. <laughs> hey, <laughs> to my right. That's where we record the that, podcast. Yeah, right here in Phoenix. It's like, you a hometown hero. No doubt. And my name is Rob Hanlon from the Boston area, Massachusetts, the suburbs. So this is the Sound Surfers Podcast. We are for music lovers. Just love talking about music. We all have that in common. We're, as we you know, mentioned, different coasts, different cities. But this is what brings us all together. And that's what I'm excited about today because nobody brought music together other than Michael Jackson. Oh, we'll get to that man. in a little bit. But we got to start with... Really some really sad news this yeah. week. Very sad news. Fife yeah. Dog from A Tribe Called Quest passed away at the age of 45. No! Man. Now no! James is my, my cry. Yeah. 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 This is where I'm going to cry. Yeah. yeah. You know, actually, our, our, our boy Dimitri, he called... He called me yesterday at lunch because, you know, he, he doesn't really have social media. He got off. He was actually crying. Yeah, like, no, he, he was telling me. Yeah, like, like, I think he about to call me. Like, he called me later on that day, and he was just like, bro, like, I'm just, this is yeah. one of the big, like, we don't really get hung up over celebrity yeah. deaths like that, but, like, this is tried, Because it's, it's not a, it's not a celebrity death. It's yeah, not a celebrity right? death. That's, right. like, that's someone who, if you want to talk about, you know, Michael Jackson influencing music, it's like, you know, A Tribe Called Quest is so pivotal to not just hip-hop, but music today, man. You know, and, and like, the outcry and support that you saw via social media yesterday overwhelming overwhelming man you know people that you wouldn't even think were like tribe fans or or, or right. even m- might have known who fife dog was had just like heard a couple lines from electric relaxation you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it like affected him in some way that they had to reach out yeah. Yeah. kendrick yeah. came out during yeah. his concert yeah man you know he came out and said you gave him a tribute yeah it's 18,000 here tonight It's 18,000 in this arena tonight. I need one favor. Crazy. 18,000. In Australia. He's doing this at a show in Australia right now. So he's literally halfway around the world. Yeah. yeah. But they've always been down in the down under. Oh, my God. They they have such a taste for music down there, man. I am so interested. one of the pioneers in the hip-hop today by the name of Fight Dog, y'all. So right about now, ain't about no cheering about me. We're going to give it up to him for him. For allowing me to do what I'm doing on this stage right here, right now, today. Getting chills over here. Yeah. Me too. Let's get this shit going. Fun. Done. 
Almost as loud Back as Kendrick's mic. Yeah. That's 18,000. That's 18,000. In Australia. In Australia, mate. Yes. Like, uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, this is me. This is what I think of. I think of Fife Dog first and foremost is scenario. Because not, I go back to the song was released in 1992. So I'm 13 years old when the song comes out. And his first verse, hey, yo, Bo knows this. Bo knows that. Everybody <laughs> well, knows that, right? But Bo don't know Jack. Because Bo, Bo can't, can't rap. rap. And that's what hooked me into Tribe was that right there. Because this is, you know, I'm a young white kid from the suburbs at this point in my life just starting to get into hip-hop. And I see that, and I'm like, what is this? This is amazing. And <laughs> from then on out, hooked on Tribe and hooked on Fife. Mm-hmm. Because Fife was, as far as rappers go, he's unique, man. Definitely. Not only his size that he raps about all the time, but <laughs> I was reading a, 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 a sort of a, a retrospective on his life yesterday, and they talked about how he was boisterous yet self-deprecating at the same time. Yeah. Like he just had a nice little balance to him, and it was just so fascinating because normally hip-hop, especially in the 90s and the late 80s, yeah. was a lot of boisterous, boisterous, boisterous. Yeah. Right. Well, but especially at that came time, in. too. That's the yeah. time, that was when the emergence of gangster yeah. rap yep. yeah. and a lot of very negative, violent music. That's what I'm saying. You know, I'm hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. like... You know, and it's funny, I you know, when I, when I listen back to Tribe, period, Tribe, but especially Five Dog, you know, it's funny because I, I think me, like, I'm like, I'm nerdy as hell. Like, I, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a nerdy guy, you know what I'm saying? And so it's funny when you can listen to rap music and you can resonate with, like, the clever metaphors of being, because it's like, I can't resonate with, like, gangster or street rap. Like, yeah, you weren't rolling down the hood with I, the window I, down I, and popping caps yeah, or whatever. I, I was a popping caps. I mean, like, I'll, I'll roll down the hood with, with my windows down, but, like... Sure. I don't because I roll them back up and I got bulletproof. And I'm just like, oh, no. (laughs) It's funny that you bring that up because uh, uh, on one of their songs, Steve Biko, uh, the Steve Biko mix on Stir It Up. Well, uh, well, the Steve Biko mix uh, in parentheses was Stir It Up. uh, It was off Midnight Midnight Marauders. Marauders. Yeah, it was on Midnight Marauders. The album. Yeah. that Man, the day that album dropped, considered one of the last great days in hip hop. Moving on. uh, (laughs) But. Yeah, he, so in that ver- in one of his verses, Fife is talking about getting in a uh, he's getting in a battle rap with one of the other uh, with some other rapper, and then he goes, uh, "I can't remember exactly what he says, but I remember this part. I'll let my lyrics flow and juxt your whole position." Yeah. Exactly. You know? uh, like, and, and, and it's exactly. it's like I think for people that, that were adamant fans about like, gangster rap, they were just like, "Ah, like hard. Right. that that those lines went." Yep. Right. Those went over your head. Yep. Yeah. Like, like you you didn't get that. And this like, was kind of like, you know, you guys mentioned Black Nerds last week with yeah. uh, with Danny Glover and, you know, guys right. like, this is the kind Don, of... Donald Glover. Donald, this was Donald, Donald Danny Glover, yeah. yeah. This is the kind of the start of it. This is the roots of all of this. Exactly. With Q-Tip and Fife Dog, and you want to throw some Rock Him in there, yeah. too. And you go on this Trace and De La Soul and all these kind of bands mm-hmm. that kind of Jungle late 80s, early 90s yeah. paved yeah. this yeah. way. Because, like, like, they were the first ones to break that record. Like, they were the first to say, like, yo, you could actually be witty, clever, yeah. nerdy. And weird and be Afrocentric. They were on stage like they used to be going to concerts wearing daishikis. Yeah, you know what I'm man. Saying? Like doing the album cover shoes. The Zulu like, Nation. Like, the Zulu Nation. Like, bringing up the, like, like, like they were not perpetuating stereotypes in any way that gangster rap was. Like, you know, they pushed the limits for it and they truly were the first to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Five Dog, I, I think, you know, because, you know, Q-Tip without a doubt is, is just equally up there. But it's like right. Five Dog was like, he let Q-Tip kind of like 
be that leader kind of like okay like you you can hug the image between hard and not but like the five foot assassin man he was always sitting back like no i'm gonna be weird i'm gonna be nerdy yeah and people are gonna like me for his lyrical prowess was just ridiculous yeah Yeah. it came to me when i was a kid when i heard this exact piece and you guys all know it everybody knows it I like them brown, yellow, Puerto Rican, and Haitian. Name is Fight Book from the Zulu Nation. Told you in the jam that we could get down. So let's knock the boots like the group H Town. On your bedroom wall. But I'm above the rim, and this is how I bore. A gritty little something on the New York street. This is how I represent over this here beat. Plus, that's just his flow. It's just like he rides the beat perfectly in every one of his songs. He just he matches the beat. In his pace. And, and it's so up. funny because how many, how often are those, like, are his lyrics or any form of his bars, like, recycled or, you know, resampled in, 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 popular, in popular music today? It's, it's like people, like, people oh, have, have yeah. used that. I like them brown, yellow, Puerto Rican, Haitian. Like, they've used that line or in, in avid of that in their own songs. Mm-hmm. Everybody uses it. Drake still uses it. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. God, Drake's used it too. I mean. And how oh. old was Drake when that album came out? You know, and that, that's, that's when yeah. you know you have influence, though. Yeah. If you, like, because you guys are young guys too. Oh, yeah. So you guys aren't born when the first Tribe album probably comes out yeah. in 1990. You know, so you, you know, but they are have this imprint. Like, I left my wallet in El Segundo. You probably know the hook. Oh, yeah. I left my wallet in El Segundo. I mean, that's, yeah. that's when you have influence, and that's when you, oh, yeah. you mean something as an artist, as a rapper, as mm-hmm. a whatever. You know, when you can go beyond the year your album came yeah. out and impress on a younger generation mm-hmm. or the next generation of artists like yeah. Drake that are still talking about it. Oh, yeah. Real, uh, real quick, I don't think we covered the reason of his death. Uh, he dealt with lifelong, like, he had a lifelong uh, problem with diabetes. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually rapped about it. Yeah, like, so this In also, like, you songs, know, plays yeah. into, like, his nerdy. When's the last time you heard a funky diabetic? I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I don't know. But anyways, yeah, so he was diabetic. Uh, the actual reason hasn't been determined yet, but that's, like, kind of the leading thing that everyone's lying on just because, you know. Well, actually, like he, his he, cam did release a statement, though, and, and they, 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 did, they did attribute it with to, yeah. to his Oh, okay, to the diabetes. Oh, okay, yeah, complications. they said. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, if you go back and you watch that documentary, Beach Rhymes and Life. Mm. Have that on yeah. DVD. Yeah. One Have of the greatest on. things I've ever watched. Yeah, <laughs> and it was, you know, but it, it's really focused a lot on Five Stars Health Struggles because at the time yeah. 2008 he was getting his kidney transplant from, from his, his wife. wife exactly and he doesn't look very good he looks he looks kind of unhealthy in it mm-hmm. and you know you hope at the end of it because the transplant went well you had hoped that at some point he could get well and maybe the q-tip and, and fife would get back together maybe hit up one of these you know reunions at a at a festival somewhere but Which obviously not to be what everybody thought was going to happen in the recent years especially with coachella because they brought Wu-Tang Clan back together. They brought all these different band, uh, groups back together, just hip-hop. Nas came out and did, you know, his whole album. Straight up Illmatic. Yeah, mm-hmm. Illmatic. Like, how, you know, how you have to expect A Tribe Called Quest of Coachella, which we thought was going to happen this year, but now it's never going to happen. And now we probably know why it wasn't going to happen this year. Yeah, exactly. Just Fife yeah. probably wasn't in the health to do it. So let's play some more clips. Corbin, you're kind of the – you're in charge. You get to see the clips before we do. We don't know what everybody picked. Well, I, I, I got to see what everybody picked, and I, I do like that. And, you know, James had a very interesting pick because oh, yeah. I know that James is the the youngest one here. <laughs> but so he goes hard. He goes hard, and he chooses – I like how he throws out the little left field. I'm just going to play it, and then he'll talk about it. If you can't braid it, best thing to do is fade it. I ask you, did your hand? You tell me, Diane, made it you and you and just you. Yeah, so like. 
or check Ralph Tresman for sensitivity. This is the part right here. Cause I am not the one I got more game than Parker Brothers. Like dog is on the mic and I'm smooth like what? Yeah, man. So, man that, that song right there. That's more game than Parker Brothers. Yeah, like, more yeah. game than Parker Brothers. Like, do you see what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah, man, that song right there, that was Butter. Uh, it was off uh, Low End Theory, 91, whatever. Yep, uh, yeah, 91 that, came out now, uh, end of 91. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was butter on low end theory, and that is pretty much because like uh, Five Dog used to talk about all the time how he was like a ladies' man and stuff, and it, pretty much in that song he's detailing uh, like his trials and tribulations, like in high school dealing with girls and different stuff, and he's talking about like I I picked that clip because that's verse that he spit right there taught me a lot about women <laughs> yeah right <laughs> taught me a lot it was about real women. that was yeah. real that was so real oh my god if you can't braid it best thing to do is fade it i asked you did you hit man yeah so fake women and, stop being fake yeah and it was a testament to his afrocentrism too which was really really cool Absolutely. you know and, and i think that's always something that you can kind of rally behind when it comes mm-hmm. to five I, I just love it. It, it, it and again the way he rides that beat oh god right just rides that just, beat like, it's like he's talking but just not I don't know how to say. I don't know how to yeah. say. Like it's like he's just having a conversation with you. Yeah. But he's just going with it. Going it's with that wild. beat. It's so good. All right. I got Malcolm's up next. Can I kick it to my tribe that flows in layers? Right now, Fife is a point sayer. At times, I'm a studio conveyor. Mr. Dinkins, would you please be my mayor? You'll be doing us a really big favor. Boy, this track really has a lot of flavor. When it comes to rhythms, quest is your savior. Follow us for the funky behavior. Make a note on the rhythm we gave you. And I thought this like this is that J Cole remix that yeah, they man. that they re-released right because you know and and on the album you know it's a lot of popular artists today and it's like I loved the remix not only because like I think the remix is super wavy it's not the original no but I it's just another testament to their influence on today's culture like and just I mean Pharrell like Pharrell Williams who is like dipped into every art form possible from visual art painting to fashion to music to production. Q-Tip and A Tribe Called Quest are his biggest influences, and he he doesn't let you forget that. He you know still looks up to Q-Tip, like, the way that we look up to Pharrell. Like, you yeah. know, like, as, and he's met Q-Tip, like, tons of times yeah. before on first-name basis. You know, he's like, still like, Q-Tip's my dog. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, he just goes crazy. And it's same with Cole. You know, Cole samples Tribe in almost every single one of his albums. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, and, and I just think that that's cool because Tribe influenced us. You know, I, I think, you know, Tribe was a Kanye before Kanye. They, they said it's okay to be different. It's okay to Definitely. produce, write, rap your own stuff. Go be you. Be expressive and be okay with that. Mm-hmm. You know, Personally, I like that remix a little bit more than the original now. Oof. Yeah. I, I don't really like the original. I don't, I don't like it. Hey, hey, okay, bring it. Bring it. Hey, hard. Hey, hard. Hey, hard. Look, look. But you know what? I, I picked it, so I'm kind of leaning on your side. I kind of okay. am. Because when I heard that remix, I was like, I yeah, have no, never heard this song like this. Right, exactly. Oh, I was like, Cole, you are you Cole. He was bad. a god for that. Speaking yeah. of bad, but, you know. Moving on. We'll All get right. into that. I, had, I kept this last one for last because it was the epitome of Fife Dog. Yo, microphone check, one, two, what is this? The five foot assassin with the roughneck business. I float like gravity, never had a cavity. Got more rhymes than the one that's got family. No need to sweat, I send you to gain some type of fame. No shame in my game, because I always be the same. Styles upon styles upon styles is what I have. You want to just the fight for, but you still don't know the half. I sport new balance sneakers to avoid a narrow path. Messing around with this against the size of the I never have stuff, because I'm not a half stuffer. Drink a lot of soda, so they call me Dr. Pepper. No. <laughs> Stop 
drinking soda five. No, I know you were telling yourself he's addicted to sugar, though. He yeah, said he it, is, man. man. But that you know, I agree. That's just quintessential Fife right there. The way he kicks off the song, bugging out just and plus that beat. Like again, he just rides those beats, and that's just a simple like. It's just kind of it's like a groove, and he just like styles upon styles upon styles upon. You know, it's just like it's just he's just sick, and he's underappreciated in the game as a whole. Oh, he influenced man. a lot of people, but wow. Yeah, he, it's just like he just comes out and says, I'm Fife Dog. Come here. Come get me. You can't <laughs> yeah. touch me. Exactly. Crazy. And he does wow. it in the way where you're not like, wow, he's being an arrogant jerk. Right. He's just being Fife. Yeah. Because yeah. he balances all out. Because cause <sighs> that, that self-deprecation is the key to yep. it all. You know, I love that. So, you know, R.I.P. Fife Dog, the Five Foot Assassin, forever in our hearts, forever in music. Forever, everywhere. You know that'll be a homework assignment at some point. It will One be. of us will give Without me a, doubt. a, a oh, tribe for sure. album for sure. But you know somewhere that I know his influence was all over was South by Southwest, which <laughs> Rob, White, myself, Malcolm, we didn't have the opportunity to be there. But oh, Corbin. You guys looking at me? Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, what's going on? Yeah. What do you mean, what's going on? <laughs> you were at South by Southwest. Mean? I just want to know. I want you to recall all the amazing concerts if if you can. Well, <laughs> they a little fuzzy or what? It got a little fuzzy there because the one thing that I learned about South by Southwest is that it is a party. Oh, it man. is not. Okay. All, I guess all festivals are parties when you really think about it. You know, like Coachella is a big party, but South by Southwest is. It's built around Austin, around bars, around clubs, not like Coachella's in the middle of a field where they put a tent. And this states, is at, yeah. This is at bars with drink specials that are promoting you to get in their bar to come see their I'm their sorry. Playing. I'm just signing up for next year already. Oh. Got me, got me drink specials. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you this right now. It's worth every penny if you can afford it because it's the tickets are about $1,400, oh. but they oh. last – it's for the whole week, and they get you into spe- uh, specific venues that you want to see, like big artists. That's yeah, they get you into the bars. So can you go like anywhere in, you can in the go city? Any, yeah, you, you have know, a like, wristband, you're in. You have a wristband, you're in. But the cool thing that I learned because I didn't have a wristband, I went basically with nothing. I went with just hey, let's just go figure it out because I was there for a wedding. Mm-hmm. You know, my friends got married on Saturday, so I went on Wednesday. I spent Wednesday and Thursday in Austin, and you know, just kind of exploring the city. And um, you know, you can walk in anywhere. As long as they have a no cover, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you don't need a wristband? Okay, cool. I'll walk in. And they have a showcase of bands that are playing that day. Because Austin's a great music city in and of itself, by itself, on the not South by Southwest weekend. Yeah. Live music capital. Oh, live music capital. I love that city. I've only been there once. I loved it. I can't wait to go back. So the cool thing is they'd, ha- they'd either have at the door, they'd have a little sign saying, this is who's playing right now. Or you'd walk in and they'd hand you a little flyer that says, this is who's playing right now. So a couple times, you know, the first day I got there, I went straight to meet up a couple of friends, and we were in this, like, really country bar, and there was, you know, like kind of like a bluegrass-type band playing, and they were great. They started doing covers. Nice. They did a cover of the Candy Shop, which was really good. Sweet. You know, 50-cent Candy mm-hmm. Shop. Oh, wow. <laughs> just imagine that bluegrass style. But again, you know, it goes to show you that, that imprint, though, that sometimes we don't appreciate, like, musicians love music. Mm-hmm. Not just all right. I'm a bluegrass musician. They don't just listen to bluesgrass music. They'll bust out a fifty cent cover if they want to. Oh yeah, because right. they because right. they're feeling it, you yeah. know. And so you know, we stood there for a while. A couple bands played, and we we're like, you know, let's go check out the rest of the scene. So we start walking down the street, and that's when it got really crazy because we got there at maybe three o'clock in the afternoon on uh, on Wednesday, and it was about six o'clock that we left. You know, after a few drinks, and whatnot, and there was. 
about 50,000 people. All of a the sudden, streets were in the streets. Crammed. So we're like, where do we go? You know, we don't know what's going on, and there's so many people that you just kind of just going with the crowd, and you just walk. We just walked in the next place. Didn't matter. We we turned out to be like some other, you know, kind of bluegrass, and there was a country singer. Then all of a sudden, a rock band came on and was like a surf surf rock, mm-hmm. and uh, it was kind of cool. And uh, one thing that I really liked was I was with uh, my friends from college, you know, for the wedding and everything. And my friend Camilla, she's a big dancer, and I'm a dancer as well. I like to dance. And so we wanted to go dance to the music. So we're, you know, we have beers in our hands. We're hanging out. She hits my beer, falls all over some guy. Ooh. You know, we think it's going to be trouble. And he's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. It's not any trouble. And he pulls out a flyer and goes, hey, my band's playing here tomorrow night at 7. You guys should come. <laughs> invites us to. Nice. Invites us back to come see his band. They're like a surf disco band, something like that. And uh, so, you know, that was kind of cool. I like that, like, fact where you're just running into musicians everywhere. And, you know, that was just the first night. The second the second day. So you've seen, like, three, four types of music on the first night. On the first night, and yeah. And you had there for half a day. Yeah, and then not even, yeah, not even close. So the next day we're like, all right, we got to get back down to downtown as soon as possible. Woke up. You know, we're a little discombobulated. At about noon. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, I was discombobulated. You know, I'm going to throw a little, fife, he little just had fife dog word. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we ended up back there, and we were like, where do we go? I don't know. We'll just figure it out. So we started out at Congress Street, started walking up the street, started seeing some bands, like some rock music. Then we wanted to get back down to the thick of the action where, you know, 6th Street, a lot of that action is going down. So we we well, found a place. the famous street through Austin, right? Yeah, 6th street. street. Yeah. So we ended up finding this one, uh, this one club. There was just there wasn't any music going on, but it was free drinks. We're like, ah, let's go get a drink first. And then all of a sudden, I hear all this thump, 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 thump techno music. Right? I'm like, that's not who I think it is. Nah, that's not who I think it is. Because there's this group from the '90s. Actually, yeah, more like 2000. Uh, Mastercraft. They're uh, pioneers in Techno music, very hard, very hard thumping because they're originally hard rock musicians. Wow. But they decided to put together, you know, techno music. So I go across the street, right across from Matt, and look at, I'm like, who's playing right now? And the guy's like, I don't know. And he looks at the list and he points. He's like, this one. And I was like, oh crap, it's Mastercraft. <laughs> so I grab my whole group and drag them all in there. I was like, we're going to watch Mastercraft right now. And not, I was not even a foot. From these guys, taking video, taking pictures, and they were just bumping music. And it was, that's that's Austin. That's South by Southwest right there. You're going to find a band that hasn't performed, or a group, or techno artist, who hasn't performed in a long time in front of people that are just going to walk in and say, let's do this. Yeah, they're not going to advertise wow. it. They're not yeah. going to like, wow. hey, by the way, Mastercraft's going to be at this bar at 6 o'clock or whatever. Exactly. And, and another cool thing is they have a very, they're very interactive because, you know, uh, South by Southwest is an interactive festival as well. So they have an app on your phone that tells you when and where there's parties at, and then they let you in for free at certain parties that don't normally let you in for free, which is very convenient. But at the same time, you have to be close to where it's at. Yeah. Otherwise, you're like we got like one night on uh, Thursday night got a, an alert saying John Legend's playing over at so and so. But turns out it was across across town. 
Like, I'm not going to make it across yeah, town yeah, in yeah, 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah, because you and 100,000 of the people are going to try to get yeah, in there. Yeah, and there's a 6.8 Uber surge. I'm not going to pay 120,000. <laughs> wow, nope. I'm walking. Yep. So, not today. <laughs> yeah, and then we even got one for Deftones were playing a free show that night. Oh, that's so tight. Was, so was Nas was playing a free show, but they were all like miles away. Yeah. Like, oh, we're not going to get that. This goes back to my kind of era. Nas had a, also a DJ Large Professor did a set. Like oh, a Large DJ professor. set. Wow. Yeah, Large Professor. He did that, you know. Yeah. That beat, what's uh, now the song's played? The Michael, the Michael sample. Oh, it, uh, it ain't uh, hard to tell. It ain't hard to tell, yeah. I'm the, the new large job, profe- Michelle. Oh! The large professor's tight on the mic, but yeah. he was a DJ. Like, oh. So yeah, that, that would have been like, that's the, the cool roof, thing about that. That's South by Southwest, and that's why I, I highly suggest going back. I want to go back again, and I want to kind of make a plan out of it, but mm-hmm. I liked going out without a plan. Because it was more fun that way, and, and could, it was cheaper. more organic, and it was way no cheaper. No fourteen hundred dollars spent. I still, uh, I still spend a lot of money on drinks, oh, and, sure. and whatnot. But it was still fun. The closest I got to South by Southwest was me and Malcolm watching designers set. I watched a few paid for it sets. Like yeah, like I, I got close. I, I streamed certain certain <laughs> See, things. And for those who are listening, Fader Ford is one of those parties that you have to have a wristband to get in. Yeah, right? Right. like you can't just go and say, "Hey, I want to get in." You can sign up and RSVP, but the people with the wristbands get in Guaranteed. first. You know, and it's you terrible because they need to do auditions for the crowd or something because uh, watching that crowd all over the stream hurt my heart because, like, there was – you saw everyone from Kalela to Goldling to Anderson Pock to Gallant. Anderson Pock was all over that city. Oh, of way. course it was. Oh, he no, was no I, I, his everywhere. Twitter, like, he was everywhere. But it's like the Fader Fort crowd, no one was live at all. Like, dude, there was, there was amazing new artists up on stage, and people were just sitting there. Just It gets to the point where it becomes a head. scene. yeah. Because yeah, South by Southwest be- turns into a scene, so it's you, like the Super Bowl. Like, yeah. hey, let's go where it's the cool place. To yeah, be. yeah, you know, and that's you know that's yeah. why I like going where it's not you know the scene. You know, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah. Just yeah, let's go figure it out. So, so you absolutely recommend going. It like once oh, I in highly your life, suggest. do it. Go to it. So it sounds like a group field trip next year. Yeah. Sound Surfers. Well, you know, I, 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 I think I think the only plan going into next year would say that we're going to do Sound Surfers from. episode whatever. Yeah. Let's Live from South by Southwest. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. A year yeah. from now. <laughs> yeah. We'll be like on an ISDN feed or something. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to be perfect. Look, we'll we'll talk to IRHeart. We'll, we'll, we'll get the approval. We'll yeah. shut it down. We'll work it out. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm down. <laughs> I am down. Let's do this. Because, you know, I love the festival, too, but I like the idea of it being in a city and be yeah. able to kind of just kind of, let's go here, let's go here, let's yeah. go here. And there will be places that will probably let us do that. That's how much stuff is going on around yeah, there. that's awesome. Like, we can even just probably – because there was a there's a music blog called Pigeons and Planes. Yeah, yeah. But they rented a house. I saw that having, bit on their snap. Yeah. They were having artists play in the backyard. That's tight. Like, and that was what them. was going on. Like, you could yeah. walk around the streets and see people are playing in the backyard doing something like that. Like, that's yeah. But even that's underground stuff that's really cool. Even like, the Masquerilla did the same thing. They they rented out a house. This is two years back, and they had artists like that. Childish Gambino, like in ooh. their house. They had Janae Aiko just. In their like, it was in their backyard. Like they had a part of a stage was inside the living room there. Another part, and like that, like dude, I love South by Southwest. South by Southwest because it's so open innovation like that. Yeah. And because before the music festival, it's kicked off with technology and movie summit and all that stuff. Like this year, President Obama and Michelle were the keynote speakers. Like that's pretty wild. Don't get much bigger than the president. Yeah, it doesn't get much bigger than that. <laughs> like, it, like I'm sorry. I'm like, okay, so you better have like, Nel- you better resurrect Nelson Mandela yeah, and right bring him exactly. back for the keynote <laughs> next year. I'm like, it, if you want to top that. <laughs> yeah. see, like, <laughs> the way I see it is that South by Southwest was is a music festival made by music nerds mm. for music nerds. Yeah. 
That so gets co-opted that, by non-music nerds at some points, as Malcolm was pointing out. Yeah, yeah but sadly. that's part of it. That, I mean, that yeah, happens. That you know, happens. You, you got to take the good with the bad. Yeah, I, w- I wish I could say, you know, I went to South by Southwest before I got mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> you had to go back that, probably no. like 10 years. Yeah, right. That. That's what I'm saying. But still, beside all that, there's a lot more good than bad is what you're saying, Corbin. Yeah, well, there was a shooting there the last night of South by Southwest that really caused havoc in the streets. and Me and my friends may or may not have gotten to a scuffle on Thursday night. I don't really know, but... Not with each other, with I, someone else. No, but you came back here with else. your face, yeah. so you're good. Yeah, yeah, I did. Well, <laughs> my phone, yeah, it almost didn't survive. Oh. <laughs> See, Corbin, this, yeah. you, you don't mess with Texas, bro. You no. don't mess with Texas. <laughs> well, you don't. Well, the thing is, is, one of the guys that I was with is from Australia, and he's a big guy. Oh, oh, okay. Big guy. So you were good then, Yeah, no, the but part. They were the ones that were egging him on, and you don't egg an Australian guy on. Oh, wow. <laughs> You Sorry, don't. They, the bear. They, they, they love hip-hop. They, they, they love Trap Called yeah. Quest. We, we established <laughs> this. Five dogs <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Dude, I'm glad you had a great time. Yeah, I'm, I, I, uh, but I remember yes. <laughs> but no, it was actually one of the best weekends of my life because the wedding was really good. And nice. It was, it was good to see a lot of friends from college. And, mm-hmm. you know, we bonded really well again. And it was nice to have that. So... I'm not saying I'm happy to be back, but I'm happy to be back. Oh, <laughs> Just for co- recovery purposes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now to the meat of the program uh, for today. Um, not that those other parts weren't, I mean, obviously meaty or whatever. But now we got to get to the homework. It's what we do each and every single week on this show. One of us assigns homework to the other three. We listen to the album. We go through it. Now we're going to talk about it. Oh, man. This, Malcolm is about to fan out. This one's, yes. this one's heavy. So this is my homework that I assigned <laughs> to these three guys, James, Malcolm, and Corbin. Oh, and we're going to get to it. Just uh, a second. Now, boys, don't get into any trouble while Mommy and Daddy are gone. Michael Jackson's bad. Uh, Michael you know he's bad. Jackson's bad. You know he's bad. Oh, man. Let me just set it up real quick because you know he is bad. Uh, where do we start? August 31st, 1987. Malcolm is going crazy right now. Jesus, help! Michael Jackson finally followed up his Thriller album with Bad. Malcolm looking like, Jesus, take the mic. Yeah. Oh, really? Like, it, it, this is heavy, guys. We're, we're, we're about to get into this. Malcolm we, was, what, three? Oh, my God. I was nothing. <laughs> I yeah, nothing. I'm so oh, mad at my parents. I'm like, they were selfish. They waited till 93, I guess technically 92, to conceive me. Like, yeah. are you serious? Like, come on. That's really selfish. Yeah. That's real selfish. Could have been there the was Mike great Lera. music that I was There was, was great music that man. I was missing out on, and they, and they want to sit there and, oh. Yeah, I'm like, just, get to know each other. Yeah, stop. Stop Whatever. it. Whatever. Whatever. So here's the thing, though. This album, you know, people were freaking out about it because it was the follow-up to Thriller, but, but but because Thriller was so successful, people started, like, hating on it as soon as it came out, but it's not Thriller. Yeah. It's not Thriller. Right. Well, of course. It well, wasn't designed to well, be Thriller. He yeah, probably well, matched the same amount of singles as Thriller. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it actually set a record, so let's you know, go through some facts. Five number one songs off an mm-hmm. album that originally had ten songs on it. So every other song yeah. was a number one song. They released seven singles on it. I released they seven singles on Thriller, too, but yeah. five didn't go number one. But five yeah. songs on this album. Went number one. Which, which has only been insane. done one other time. By Katy Perry, of all yeah. things. But, yeah. oh, <laughs> you, you think about where music was. You think about the Beatles. You think about the Rolling Stones. You think about every great band or musician or solo artist or whatever that came before Michael Jackson. No one had ever done that. So between 1987 and 2000, I think 10 or 11 when Katy Perry did music has changed a lot. Like it's much more yes. single-driven. 
this was an album that had a pace to it, that had a, a message to it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I picked this as homework to it, because this is Michael coming off two real successful pop albums with Off the Wall and Thriller. And this is his pop album with something to say, which is very rare for someone to be able to pull off yeah. and to be successful at it. And and, Michael nailed it. And it's wild because he was advised, you know, like, because, you know, like he was stressing, like, to, to do something so grand to the yeah. follow-up to Thriller, right? There's so much pressure there. I mean, it's unreal. And I think out of that pressure came this diamond, right? Mm-hmm. But it was crazy because, you know, people are, um, execs of Sony, like, they were advising, like, you know, just do like a, a, a cover album, you know, cover some of your influences. You know, just let, let's do a greatest hits. And he said, do no. some Sam Cooke. No, do yeah, some exactly. James Brown. You know, these are all his influences. But no, he wrote in in marker on all his mirrors, like a, what was like a hundred a hundred million or whatever. Like he, like the same number of records that Thriller sold. He, he kept writing that number. And he said, that's that's what I want to do. Just like that too. He's like, I, I'm gonna do that again. Like he was so adamant about that. Like it was wild, and he did it. And it's crazy to me that he didn't tour for Thriller. That is, yeah. so, that is yeah, wild. Didn't like, tour like, at all. It blows my mind. And because so, he's a showman. Because, because yeah. he wants to keep that mystique oh, of yeah. Michael Jackson. And oh, that's yeah. where I think the album came from is because he wanted – that's why he got blasted to make this album. You know, he, he, five years? Yeah. Five Long years. Long time. And it's an eternity he was, music. he was nowhere to be found. That, and everybody's like, where's Michael Jackson? Where's yeah. Michael Jackson? What's he yeah. doing? Wacko Jacko. But it's crazy. But, you know, but he was traveling the world. He was getting inspiration. He, he 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 was in Africa. Like he spent a lot of time in Africa. It turns out he mm-hmm. he was in Africa. He was in Asia. He was all around the world. He was getting inspiration. He was meeting people, collaborating with people. Just you know, doing what a what a good young artist should do is is finding inspiration where where you might not else find it. So let's talk about this album. I mean, we could literally go through this track by track and break uh, down every track. I have so really, much to say really about could. every single track, but I think we should play one clip first. So Corbin, I'm going to kick this one off. Okay, all right. Just because this to me is my personal favorite Michael Jackson song like hands down the day he passed away I listened to this song maybe like 10 times cried every time that song right there oh man just hearing the just the beginning notes brings chills down yeah. anybody's spine yeah. right oh you know, anyone's this, anyone's yeah this to me that song to me is everything right yeah because it because it, it, it's a it's a classical ballad it's a gospel song it's, it's inspirational it's inspirational mm-hmm. it's, it's rock like and it written by today garrett mm-hmm. who oh, also right. who, who also collaborated in helping the first single from bad i just can't stop loving you which is like ugh, like i think to me you know because you know an album as aggressive as bad was right produced two of the most iconic ballads i think of just like in, in, my, in my eyes, like, not only just Michael Jackson, but just of all time. Like, Man in the Mirror is an iconic timeless. ballad. Man in the Mirror just, is just a timeless, timeless song. hundred years from now, you'll still be able to listen to that song. Be able to, but, like, I just can't stop loving you. Like, it hits you, like, right in the soul. You know what I'm saying? And it's, like, all the intricacies that went into that song um, when it came, you know, when it was written. Uh, like, or, excuse me, when they were recording it, is uh, they, that was, song was initially meant for Whitney Houston. And so to think that, you know, that the collaboration, at least, was going to be Michael right. and Whitney. And it came together apparently because Whitney was under one subsidiary of Sony, of Sony, 
mic under another one. And I guess they didn't want to overexpose Whitney too much at the time, right? So she was like, huge. Yeah, yeah, she, she was, was huge. in that, she, she, that she, Michael Jackson void era yeah. of Whitney, Whitney's era. Yeah, exactly, exactly, right? So like she was two, she was number one after number one because she had her two, she had two albums out. She had just released her second, and so they didn't know who else they were going to bring in for that song. And so I guess Quincy called Sadea Garrett and said, "Hey, could you could you come to the studio?" And just gave her the song. Said, "Could you sing it?" She goes, "Yeah." I, I could sing it. She goes, all right. And he goes, cool. Go into the booth. <laughs> and like, so she goes to the booth and she reads the paper and it goes, Sid Michael. Yeah. Sid Michael. And she said, <gasps> she's like, oh v my Michael. goodness. Like, yeah. V Michael. And, next, you know, and the mic walks in. And like, and I guess when they were recording, <laughs> she, Mike was sitting there as, uh, what, what was she doing? Um, what, what's the first line? Um, of that song. Wind blows. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Each time my yeah. wind blows. As he does that. He's throwing popcorn at her face. And it's just hitting. Like, and it's like, it's the weirdest thing. Like, it, it, it's so funny. And You're they, trying to hit the notes, and Michael's it, throwing popcorn at you. And he's throwing you. popcorn at you. But I think that that's what kind of, that defined, I think hearing the intricacies of that recording, and then when you listen to, to how it was written, it's kind of, you know, it, it's definitely a love song. You know, Mike yep. said that he wrote it when he was laying in bed, like he was thinking about being in bed with his lover. You know what I'm saying? But Mike being so innocent and so playful, that's, you know, with a popcorn, it's like, I, I think it's kind of like, even though this is like a sexual, sensual sure. love song, this is still my perfect sandbox relationship. Yeah, and this is, you know, with Michael, this is, again, this is the album of He Had Something to Say, so. Oh. Whoa. Corbin, why did you fade it in like why? that? Oh, it was just an avalanche of I know, I was now. like. <laughs> oh. And listen to his voice. Michael killing it on the vocals too. Yeah. It's, this is what he does in this album. You played your man in the mirror track. This uh, he's yeah. got different vocal ranges on both because mm-hmm. he wants you to feel different emotions in oh, each song. Yeah. This is the love song. So I'm going to play this. Plus, Michael's telling the world, "Hey, you know what? You don't know about me and what I do. Yeah. You haven't heard about me in the last yeah. five years. Yeah. I can get down with some yeah. ladies or, too or, if I or, want or, to." Or excuse me, yeah, exactly. Like that was some, he, he wanted to really prove his manhood, yes. right? But that was the theme of the entire album. Yes. you know what I'm saying? Because and that's why and it caps off with "Leave Me Alone." You know what I'm saying? And there's a point because over those five years, of course, people are saying whatever. You know, he sleeps in cryo chambers. He Elephant he, man bones. Yeah, elephant man bones. Right. He, like, like, it's just, he, he does everything. And, and that's why the visual to leave me alone was so great because it was him. Oh, I know. Dude, I absolutely love that dude, video, That man. video, but it's crazy because it's, it's him talking in all these tabloids. It's him dancing with the elephant man bones. It, it's, it's him um, getting tied down, which was a testament to uh, Gulliver's Travels, yep. the, the, uh, he's, you the, know, the he's, novel. Yeah. Bigger than life. He's, he's, he's bigger than life. And so he's getting taught. And all these people are like prodding him with like with swords and everything. <laughs> yes. and, 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 and you see his face as, he, as he's singing. They're superimposing his face on, you know, on all these tabloids talking about, oh, his, he doesn't have kids or, you know, is he black? He's bleaching his skin. All, right. all this. All these things. Do you like things. women? Yeah. Do, do, does he like women? Like yeah. all that stuff. It was wild to me. Absolutely. And the whole video of it, like the animation of it, was just oh, blew me away c- too. C- he killed in claymation for a lot of times. It's just like Speed Demon. Speed Demon's right. video oh, was amazing. Oh, that song is amazing. That dude. pocket. That beat. Just that comes beat, in. dude. Ah. Just it is. Wild. But you know, even the the run-ins of claymation there. Yeah. You know, and 
uh, to touch on I Just Can't Stop Loving You, though. I was mad that on the tour, as much as I love to Sheryl Crow, that Sid couldn't go on tour. And she, Sade uh, Garrett didn't go on tour, being because she went to pursue her own record through Sony. Which you can't be mad at her for. Which you can't be mad at her but for. But Sheryl did just she didn't miss hit out it. on. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, I mean, Sheryl Crow now is, is, is you know, is an artist in her own right. Is an artist through Michael Jackson now, you know, an artist in her own right. And, you know, that tour helped her so much. And mm-hmm. she, she hopped on for the European tour. You know, but it was like, Sid just, he didn't do it like Sid. Didn't do it like Sid, and I and I, and I wish I wish we could have, you know. And it was just just wild. Yeah, just to have that visual, and because yeah. that's how you picture. So especially if you've seen the behind the scenes footage, you definitely picture those two together singing the song. And I want to go back and point out just top, just can't stop loving you. At the he even says it. A lot of people misunderstand me. That's mm-hmm. because they don't know me at all. Like yeah. that's kind of the theme of this entire yeah, album. Man. And Michael didn't hide or play with that. He just put that right out there. And you know, this is the eighth song on the album. On an initial 10-track album, they added that 11-song, Leave Me Alone, when the CD came out, from the way I understand it. Yeah. And that's why I love – and I just love the pace of the album. You know, yeah. when you talk about what Michael has come to say. So let's just kind of run through the track list if we can, just oh, real quick. Oof. So we'll go bad. He comes out bad. So he's got something to say in bad. We can talk about that and analyze that in, in a couple minutes. The way you make me feel. So, again, he's keeping you moving. So he comes yeah. in bad. He hits you hard. The way you make me feel. He's, he's keeping you moving. Then Speed Demon, he's keeping you moving. And there's all kinds of messages in that song, too. Then there's Liberian Girl. So he throws this curveball in there. Yep. And again, as Michael has something to say, it's about his homeland, his roots, yeah. his love of Africa. Yeah. His and again, love of Elizabeth Taylor. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And his love of blackness. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. Exactly. Because of, there's exactly. all kinds of racial exactly. things in Because people, people thought when he said Liberian Girl, they thought he was talking about a librarian. Yeah. <laughs> they literally like, thought they like, about a librarian. Like, 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 check like, out a book? Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, like, they, people were so we put off by system? it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but then even after Liberian Girl, you know, and, and again, still proving how, you know, he's down. Like, it's, uh, it, was, it, was a, it was Questlove saying that this was like, this was an urban album meant for a pop stadium tour. You know what I'm saying? Like, because of what he proved and how he did it. And then the visuals, too. It yes. was made for visuals. It was yes. made for visuals. You I can mean, see him, like, thinking of all these things yeah. as he's writing the songs. Because he didn't release any music videos for this. They were all, and he, Michael never called his videos music videos. He always called movies. them, he always called them, you know, short films. Mm-hmm. You know, he always called them that. But even when you see, like, the short film of Moonwalker, which had Speed Demon and uh, Smooth Criminal in it, uh, mm-hmm. and I believe uh, another song in there as well, like, those those visuals are so much more, you know, and, and the, thing, the things that he was saying, he always took a stance on, on uh, ch- child activism, you know, yeah. on, on children's rights against drugs and all that stuff. You know, like you, uh, I think the, the antagonist in the Moonwalker movie was like, I'm going to get drugs into so many kids. <laughs> like, you know, it's very comes explicit to, yeah, too about yeah, it. Yeah, very, very explicit to it, but the drugs were like spiders, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just all these innocents. And it's just, it's an album that's full of metaphors, mm-hmm. you know, in, 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 in other words, just to prove how down he is, but to also prove at the same time, you don't know me. Right. You don't know me. You thought you were going to get Thriller. I threw y'all for a loop. And it doesn't matter. Like, you know, all these other questions you have about I'm still a human being and I'm still a person. I still have feelings. I still breathe the same air that you breathe. So there's all kinds of these things in here. Then he goes to Good Friends, song number five, which is like the throwaway track. Ah, really? But I, it's the, I thought it's the weakest track on the album. Like a lot what? of, yeah. When Wait, you have track? Stevie uh, Wonder, but that's you have Stevie oh, Wonder on a track, that's it is why not a throwaway it's track. It's disappointing because you expect the track to be better. And here's why I think I don't like it as much. Michael nor Stevie wrote it. Yeah. So I think it's true. just it's just okay. The song mm-hmm. it's an okay song. Like mm-hmm. I don't hate the song, but as far as the other ten tracks on yeah. it, it's the yeah. weakest it, it, one. It, you know, because I I would say it's weak in that it didn't exactly 
fit in the scope of the album. It was just I think like, was, I still think it, 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 it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was the divide between like in between Librarian Girl and and uh, uh, what was it? Um, another part, another part, another part of me. Comes me. Next. Yeah, it, it was, it was just that perfect little, you know, little collaborative sandwich, mm-hmm. you know. And even collaborations, I remember they tried. People thought around this time that there was a beef. There was beef between Prince and Michael Jackson, yeah. right? Well, Prince was supposed to be on this album. Prince was, and I guess Michael invited Prince over to over to the, over to the house and said that Prince brought like a voodoo box and brought like you know all these like you know spiritual oils and things like that trying to get the mood and the feng shui right in the room <laughs> and Mike dude, stuff, yeah, dude and Mike thought it was witchcraft and like and after that like <laughs> yeah it said get him out of here yeah. like and, and, and they just said mess with it but it was never that they didn't like each other because e- even in the le- in the later years though it's like Prince was going to Michael shows they admire My- each other yeah like they totally admire each other but it's just kind of people always thought there was a divide you know musicians loved Prince you know or Michael or or, or you had Michael to pick one you're like you had to pick one and it's like you can't because they they were so different right you know what I'm saying and both awesome I mean both you know. both incredible yeah, exactly incredible it's like do you like Jordan or do you like Magic more you can like both yeah like like both you can. awesome you know yeah. You yeah, want to say I, st- I still have to disagree with you that this is a throwaway track because it's still one of those tracks that he's proving his manhood. He's saying yeah. that he's in love with this girl mm-hmm. and he's sparring with Stevie Wonder, who yeah. is in love with the same girl. I just thought it was like uh, the girl, uh, Paul McCartney's song. Girl oh, the girl is, is mine. mine. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, you know, it's okay. I will say this too. It's almost, it's a very 80s sounding track, very sync sounding. Oh, yeah. All right. I'll give you that. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, again, I don't hate the song, and the more I listen to it, because I never really spent much time with that song, the more I listened, I was like, all right, it's cool, but I just compared to the other ones. Like, every, you know, there's always at least one weak spot, on there's always one song, and it's not as good as the other one. That's my opinion on that. And this leads into the next track, and I want to just play clips, because our two, our two young friends here actually chose this exact same track. Oh, oh day. <laughs> Are you yes. serious? I feared this on the low, no, man. Yeah. I didn't fear it. That's great because I love this song. Are you serious? Yes. Yes. No, man. I'm telling you, this is like in my top five of Michael Jackson Oh, songs. Michael Jackson songs of just all time. Yeah. But it's because I switched it up so many times because like I knew I wanted this song, but the way you make me feel is like in my oh. top three yeah. Michael Jackson songs of all time. You know, just not thinking about it. But if I, was, if I had to think bad and think what really defined bad and what that sound was and just – what hits you right in your heart, like in, in your soul, like mm-hmm. that's this one, like right. James is dancing right now. And then across the stage, he hit it like that. The scoop, like, yeah. he just, like, across the stage. Like, like this song was meant to be performed. Absolutely. Like, it was meant. That's an amazing song. For just, it's an incredible song. It hits so hard. And the best the best part is, is I like how you chose two different parts of the track. Sure. Oh, because yeah. Because you got the, like, funky track. Yeah. And then, you know, James went for the vocal part. Got the squeal. Yes, and just like those underlying senses. Hold up. Oh, the way that the those way it just horns. comes in. Yeah, oh, yeah, you kill it with the man. horns. And Plus, those like those that natural he, inflections he so, that he just does. Yeah, yeah. that he he like it is never more powerful. Like it, well, well, 
not not exactly never more powerful but i just like how it sounds with that uh like with that beat and with like those synths like un- under it too and just like that oh, whole yeah. beat is just a, yeah it's just a spectacle i love another and part of me. that song was almost cut from the album which is really crazy it is crazy to think about that and the, the rumor is at least the story goes michael jackson's manager was this like overweight white dude mm-hmm Loved the song and he started dancing to it. And you can just picture this kind of overweight white yeah. dude dancing the song. And like, Frank likes it. It's yeah, staying. I, I, I got to keep it in. And oh, I just yeah. love the message of that song, too. Because, again, it's, it's about love. It's about, you know, Michael did that a lot throughout, mm-hmm. the, throughout his, his music, if you trace it back. It was about togetherness. It was about, doesn't matter, you know, you, go, you can talk about black or white or whatever. He didn't care about any of that. He just wanted to unite people with his music. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of essentially what this podcast is and why we talk like this, because music in a way has united at least the four of us, and we hope it has with you as well. Oh, yeah. You know, finding those commonalities that we have instead of the differences that divide us and whether or not Michael sleeps with the elephant man or not. Oh, God. Because that right. stuff matters. Yeah. Oh, man. And, and, and that's why, like, and I think he, he wanted to show that because this is also, you know, the album where it's like, cause since he didn't tour with Thriller, you know, Sheryl Crow, she was talking about an interview saying that, no one wanted to have Mike's life. They loved Michael Jackson, but they saw, like, Mike wanted so badly to be a regular person. Yeah. He just and wanted he to go to the bar, yeah, club, he, he just, a restaurant. Like, like, and Emory, he, he would say, he's like, I, I wish that I could, like, go somewhere and poke my head out and no one know who I am and just feel like I'm just there, you know? Like, and, and it got to the point where he had to have, like, he had dope disguises. Yes, he Like, did. Mike had some <laughs> of the most innovative disguises at the point where his own mother wouldn't even recognize him. <laughs> I think he dressed up as, like, a old white Jewish lady once and he went yeah. up to like his manager was like, Hey, it's Michael. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Was. But he was like, that's how he had to do it though. Oh yeah. But you imagine you had to do that in order to go out and go to a restaurant or whatever. Being the king of pop. Yes. And stepping foot. But that's what, anywhere. This yeah. is what this is all about. Michael wasn't just a music star. You talked about the short films. Mm-hmm. You talked to he had a ride at Disney, like a four D thing yeah. at Disney, Captain Eo, which Captain they re released. Yes. Oh my gosh, it was amazing, by yeah. the way. And I, I was there when they re re released it. I've I I watched I probably I repped that ride probably like three oh, times. Yeah. Not a ride, but I repped it like like three times, yep. right? Yeah, in a row. You just go right back oh, in. Oh my god. I did it twice when I got to go like two thousand ten ish. Oh, yeah. Out to Disneyland. And it was so great. And what sucked is that I didn't um, – I wanted to get the Captain Neo shirt with the with the rainbow across yeah. it. And it was, like, it was, like, super expensive. It was, like, $40 at the time. I was, like, Ugh. Disney price. That's a T-shirt. D- yeah, dog. Disney price. I was, yeah. like, please don't yeah. hurt me. And it's, like <laughs> – and, and I remember I actually called my mom. I was, like – Yo, I don't ask for much. Just want the shirt. But could I get like yeah. a couple ducats to get the shirt? <laughs> and she was like, no. I was like, all right. We tried. Right, all, right, well, yes. <laughs> all you can ask is to say no. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. So oh, my good. God. Well Dude, done. And just Great song. To touch on, on this album, you know, I think was, you know, just, you know, Corbin, like you're saying, it was meant to be a visual album. Mm-hmm. Of all the short films that he released in this album, right? So Moonwalker being like uh, probably one of the longer ones, right? But nonetheless, he still has the bad video. Scorsese. You Wesley know, Snipes. Wes- Wesley Snipes acting debut. You yep. ain't bad. You ain't bad. <laughs> you, ain't yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, his acting debut. And it's, you know, like all the intricacies in that because through his dance and through his performance, he did so much where he was such a fan of, and you couldn't even call it street dance. It was urban contemporary. Yeah. You know? Because it combined old school cause, cause with the it, new school. He combined, but with traditional because he was so influenced by Fred Astaire. Mm-hmm. You know, he loved Fred Astaire. He loved uh, um, Frank Sinatra Mm -hmm. and and things like that. It's like you saw all those influences. You know what I'm saying? And and it just added to this visual 
album that was out of this Hold world. Up. And smooth then the crim- video, and then the okay, yeah, oh, yeah, smooth criminal. Smooth that criminal, it was incredible too. Oh, the song God. was actually literally made to be a video. Yeah, it was not. Because yeah. there's only was, one word in the song. It's a story, Annie. Yeah. yeah, and it's a story that's made to be a video because he wanted a Wild West kind of like yeah. gangster type thing, yeah. and that's what he did. The and, video, the video for the way you make me feel. Is one of my favorite things ever. of all time. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like that, that end, is like like uh-huh. the whole. I'm talking about the whole seven minute cut too. Yeah. And, oh my god. And then like and then even when he Plus has Tatiana. the part where he uh, just yeah yeah, yeah, yeah she was bad. And even where like he just has the uh, like the instrumental solo and he's just like going around and he's dancing, uh, trying to woo the girl and stuff. And he's trying to do all this different stuff, man. Oh it's yeah. Incredible. His footwork in that video is incredible. Oh, dude, with unmatched. Yeah. Like it's wild in that video. And like they recorded that whole thing on Skid Row. Yeah, wow. like and, and actually used like th- those are real gang members in the video. The people that weren't dancing, they said that they they, they had cri- they had Crips on one side and a, and a rival gang. It wasn't Bloods, but they had Crips on one side and 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 a, and a rival gang on the opposite of the street. And they were like, "It's for Michael." Yeah, it's cool. for Michael. Cool. <laughs> and they posted up in the video. It, 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 and it's funny because it, it, even with like the bad video, I remember when when Scorsese showed the subway that they had to be filming it. <laughs> My, it was they shut down a real subway station. You know, like it, it was real gritty in New York, and Michael thought it was a set. And, he, and I guess he walked in. He goes, he goes, oh, this is real nice. Like there's like it looks like there's pee stains over there. <laughs> and Scorsese's like, nope, well, nope, 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 those are real pee yep. stains. This is <laughs> it's a real place. This is a real uh-huh. dirty place. So let's <laughs> let's let's mess it up. You know, like it, it's just like the oh man, I don't even know. And then you got to get up to, to Bruce Sweetian. Um, Bruce Sweetian is the uh, head engineer. That oh, really? crafted all the music, right? Wow. And, and his credits, they include everywhere as old as Count Basie, Duke Ellington, uh, Dizzy Gillespie, Herbie Hancock. Wow. Take it over genres. Mick Jagger, you know, Paul McCartney, Donna Summer, Diana Ross, Shaka Khan. Like, and, and so th- this was Quincy Jones's right-hand man when it came to yeah. studio recording. You know what I'm saying? And so it, I mean, it was effortless how, how this album came together. And it's like, even I Just Can't Stop Loving You was started at 3 a.m. in the morning. That's how all the inspiration, because Quincy assembled a kind of a B team that he called it of just musicians that continuously worked on the album. Right. They said that they did I Just Can't Stop Loving You in 90 minutes. Done. And, and they said, cool, first single for Bad. Okay, <laughs> Put here it we out go. there. And got everyone thinking, like, oh, Bad's not going to be like this, this aggressive, like, dancey album. It just, just, here's a ballad. Yeah, and it gets back to that pace of it. And it, it starts and with pace. a ballad, you know, and then yeah. you, the way the album's laid yeah. out, too, in that it gets you with dance break in mm-hmm. the middle kind of dance a little bit get you with a couple of ballads there's a shit song to ins- inspire yourself to be a better person which if you listen to those lyrics from your clip corbin you obviously want to be then it gets back to the kind of the dance at the end but then it gets kind of gritty too with my clip with the song number nine. Oh, let's go let's do this let's do this Which is, you know, which, which cracks me up because... It was done intentional. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. So okay. we can sing it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and, and, and here's my thing. Um, like, what, what's the... Are we like, like, what's the level of cursing that we can do here? Um, I don't just, know. You call it. If you need to edit it, you edit it. If you can say it on the radio, you can say it here. 
Okay. You so can say the B word on the radio. No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I, I would like to use the, the H word. Yeah, she's a hoe. Okay. So Dirty Dan is a hoe. Like, people thought, <laughs> like, she's a groupie hoe. Like, and he, because people at the time, they were so confused. Like, I think Anna or uh, Annie and Diana were like, <laughs> the like two. Who's Diana? No, no one knew yeah. who Diana, Diana was. Ross? No one knew who Annie no, was. No, about Diana Yeah, Ross. like, it, 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 it was like, no, is he talking about Princess Diana? Like, no. Yeah. Diana is this, this, this metaphor for a groupie hoe. And he made a whole song about groupie hoes, and it just hit. Funny story, by the way, when he performed this in London, yeah. he took it out of his set list because... He didn't want to offend Princess Diana, but she loved the song so much, he had to put it back in. That's wow. awesome. And it's tight, right? Because yeah, Michael's really being cool. sensible and doing the things. He's like, oh, no, yeah. go ahead, do your yeah, thing. Yeah, that's crazy. And I just love it, too, because it's a personal song from Michael, and it's Billie Jean meets Beat It mm-hmm. combined together. So it's Billie Jean 2.0. It's about a more aggressive groupie, yeah. hoe, a more aggressive mm-hmm. hoe. Yeah. And you can tell Michael's tempted here. Yeah. At the, at the way it ends, it's like... He's like, he's like, I gotta call. I haven't called my girl yet. You gotta get out of here. Yeah. It's like, was well, all right. She's like, I'm yours. And yeah. he's like, all right. And I pick up the phone. He goes, baby, I'm all right. He hangs yeah. the phone, and that's kind of how it ends. Yeah. And Diana becomes dirty Diana. And you know, you just imagine yourself being in that situation where you got oh, girls yeah. around, girls around, or if your feet, whatever. And you're like, how do you how do you avoid I, that yeah. temptation all yeah. the time? But you know, but I think that was that's more Michael because you know it's like Michael was a man, but Michael was also a kid yeah he was a boy too because even um even in the video for the way you make me feel you know it ends you see the the, the fire hydrants going off and you're, you're like you know he embraces her and you're like oh he's it's about to go down it's about to go down like it's about to go down and it's Psych. a hug yeah. and it's a hug <laughs> yeah. and it's so funny and, and and uh the director uh oh my god what was it uh uh Oh, I can't even think I remember, of he looks like the guy, and he's the villain in Ghostbusters 2. He looks like yeah, the guy right? in the painting. And, and it's, uh, oh, no, uh, John, uh, John uh, Pitka, yeah. uh, Pitka, right? John Pitka, it, yeah. Yeah, and it's so funny because he, he knew, like, he knew that, like, Mike felt weird about it. Because even Tatiana was like, dude, like, he took a breath mint. Like, yeah. you thought it was going to go down, but then John said, you know what? It's too predictable. Screw the kiss. Don't kiss her. Michael's too shy anyways. Yeah, he's too shy anyways. <laughs> Forget it. You know, and it's so funny because even when, when they took her on tour, like, Michael got uncomfortable at one point with saying that, like, she was getting too handsy. Like, like, stop like, like wow. stop, stop it. No. Like, like, I just think that that's, like, that's so Michael, man. And no one else could do that. No, no man in this room right here nope. would have been able. Nope. I'm nope. sorry. If Tatiana Mm-mm. was like, Mm-mm. if I was looking at her, she grabbed me. I'd be like, guys, uh, cut. Peace Cut the out. cameras. Peace out. I'll be right back. Wrap up this episode. Wrap it up. We gotta wrap this up right now. It's about and to be down. Tatiana's yeah. still look good, by the way. If she came knocking exactly. on the door right now, I'd be like, exactly. "Hey guys, excuse me. I gotta, I gotta run somewhere real quick." Yep. She makes me feel some type of way. <laughs> yeah. The way you make me feel. Like killing it, man. Like it's just these are. This is one of those albums that you know I think you listen to it back and back to back to back to back, and it's continuous happiness. You know, but it's continuous thought because it was some of his best songwriting. Well, that's the genius of it, I think, is the thought, the emotion, and the messages all wrapped together, combined with him being bigger than just a music star in those videos. So he did everything for you. Now, there was a lot of metaphors in there, but there's a lot of obvious stuff in there that he's not trying to hide. He's not trying to make you think about. You know, I got a lot of the the racial or sort of undertones that he doesn't explicitly say, but the bad part, obviously, he's the black kid that goes off to the private school, and then he Mm -hmm. comes back, and the people from around the way are like, uh, you know, because there's uh, obviously what's up, private school. Well, yeah, yeah, there's there's all kinds of debates about what blackness is, and there's all kinds oh, of different. Yeah. You know, you guys obviously is. know that. Oh yeah, than it, I do. But always is. Mm-hmm. You and know, that's and what that's he's funny. talking about there. Mm-hmm. You know, and that you know, I went off to the to the rich school, and the, yeah. there's the poverty angle too, and then there's the the groupie angle, and there's I'm the lover angle, and yeah. then there's all these different things, and then you know, even the Speed Demon song. That's Michael it combined with Leave Me Alone. Like, I want to get away sometimes. I want to get on the highway. I want to go 100 miles per hour. 
And I also get some racial undertones there, too, of being pulled over by the police. Which and, he and, really know, did. He really did. Exactly. That's what he wrote the song story. about. Yeah. And, you know, but he thought he's being targeted because he's Michael Jackson. And that just all this album has all of the stuff you want out of an album together. Yeah. And, and it's so true. You know, it's and, crazy. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and it's innovative. Yeah. Yes. He was using pieces, like instruments that weren't ever used before. Yeah. The finger snap. And what Michael the, had these amazing yeah. fingers. And, yeah, you I know, can't even do it. Yeah, it's funny. Even in, uh, what is it, Man, Man in the Mirror, you know, at the end of those claps, you know, make that change. It's going to yep. feel good. Jump on. Like, in yeah. those claps are super thunderous, right? Um, he recorded that. I guess they did it where, like, they got his claps, and they got it, it was three people, it was like the the keyboardist, the guitarist, and all that stuff, to sit in front of the mic, and they also got these two wooden boards to make that to make that clap to make it happen. They recorded that in, sped it up, and then put it back with a regular recording of the claps to make them sound real, like resonant. just to make yeah. it real. And even in um, the way you make me feel, he, those harmonies that he did, he recorded those in a bathroom, and that was you know my original pick. Yeah. Was just the, the part of him hitting that butt where it's the way because of the yeah. work he puts the into this album. Yeah, too. but the, he, I think yeah. he sang 10, 10 background ten tricks, 10 yeah. layers of yeah. that he just did. to make sure it was perfect and harmonized together. And the fact that you're putting in that much work in your album is just, it's worth pointing out. Oh, so yeah. that was the initial one I sent to Corbin, but I was like, I got to go Dirty Diana. Oh, no, gotta, same. Okay, so they, they so both that, changed. That's what happened with me because <laughs> I, I did the same thing. I, I said it with the way you think we feel at first, yeah. then I said, no, no, no. Actually, another part of me, I sent him an email, and it had two clips on it, and he said, you could only do one. And it was another part of me, and it was the way you make me feel. And then in the email, I put the cross out over another part of me, and I said, go with the way you make me feel. And I said, no, actually, go with another part of me, because, like. <laughs> no, and the best part is I sent an email right before I started doing the cuts this morning and said, hey, do you want to change it one more time? Just <laughs> and, and you're lucky, because I almost did. And I, and I almost did. It was so hard. this kind of album. If you have to pick one clip on or one song, on, it, it's was very, it depends on your mood, on your day, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was tough. Yeah. It was tough. Yeah, no doubt about it. So let's kind of go overall, do a quick wrap-up on Michael Jackson's We did forget bag. to mention the last two tracks oh, we did. on the album. Smooth Criminal, song number 10, which is just an amazing song. we already song, talked about, too. But and we only know that from the anti-gravity lean. You guys know, I mean, but none of like, that was so inspired oh, by, like, by, by, by Fred Astaire, though. Yeah. I mean, just, like, the dancing in it, the, even, like, you know. Even the, the wardrobe. The, the wardrobe, yeah, right? Yeah, but even, clothing. it was still very, it was still animated, you know? It, it's like. The lean. The, the that lean. Oh, oh, my God. All the different, like, breakdowns I've seen of, this is how Michael did the lean. Yeah. You know, like, there's. Countless of them. Oh, man, no it's one crazy. really knows except Michael. Yeah, yeah. And, and you guys no know who Annie knows. is, right? We all know Annie, who Annie is. is. Okay. Yeah, we we know who Annie yeah. is, right? I, I don't. Annie. Okay, so oh. it's really funny, right? <laughs> this is great. This yeah. Is, like, how did he incorporate this in the song? You right? When he was record, like what what he was because the song and the whole video because it was, it was a, he he saw the visual first and they were gonna call it Chicago Nights, and turns out that they were like, okay, no, we'll call it Smooth Criminal, and when he was writing it, there was a CPR dummy. CPR dummies are called Annie. Yeah. And the first thing that you ask someone when you're about to give are them recitation okay? is, are, are you okay? okay? So <laughs> pretty much okay? he's giving CPR to, to a dummy the whole yeah. song. Wow. It's, and are you okay? And are you okay? <laughs> he says are it, you what, okay? 46 times yeah. I think the count is? Yeah. Yeah. And it's and crazy. He's got those horns in that song, yeah. too, that kind of oh, oh, dude. Man. Dude, I mean, yeah, but, but, but the lean, but just yeah. like the, just every part of like the moves is just, it's crazy. And I love that the choreographer, um, because because, uh, excuse me, he loved Bugs Bunny cartoons. He loved claymation. He loved animation, right? And you know that that scene when they're behind the pool table, uh, Mike comes, 
he crushes the ball in, 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 in front of the dude's face, and the guy gets aggravated, and he, like, stands up, like, on beat. You know, it's like, he, he doesn't go after him and jump. He goes one, two, three, yeah. four, and jumps after him. It's funny because, you know, when the, when the antagonists were chasing him, he's jumping away and he's moving on beat, and they're jumping after him. And it looks like like it's 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 a it's animation versus real life, you know. Like that video was like an it was like an animated real life video. Like it was just it was genius. Well, even with the lean, because you're not supposed to be able to do that with the lean. Yeah, you can like, do it in animation all day. You yeah, can have Bugs Bunny lean exactly. over at a 45 degree angle. Yeah, so you I mean, can't do that. It was re- it was just. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. And I love, uh, I don't know, in that bad documentary that yeah. uh, Spike Lee did. Yeah, Bad 25. Kanye's in it. Your yeah. boy Kanye. And he's talking about that song. Oh, my God. And he, the funniest line he goes, he goes, I don't think Annie's okay. I don't think Annie. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, but like after saying it as many times as he did, like, and Spike kept cutting back to him. And he's like, Annie, are you okay? Are you okay? And, and, and Kanye's screaming at the thing, and it's hilarious. And then he goes, okay. I don't think Annie's okay. <laughs> And Kanye also points out that my, maybe Michael's biggest influence was this fashion. Oh, yeah. You know, because oh, Kanye, yeah. he's wearing a, like a leather jacket in that particular, yeah. you know, where they filmed it. And he yeah. goes, I'm, the, the, I'm wearing basically Michael Jackson's bad mm-hmm. outfit. And this was filmed in like 2012 or whatever, yeah. 25 years after Michael Jackson made this album. Oh, yeah. And oh, it's yeah. just, that's the imprint Michael has. And, you know, for me on a personal note, and I'll wrap this up and let you guys wrap it up. A final song, by the way, Leave Me Alone, was added to the CD version. It wasn't on the initial cassette mm-hmm. tape version. It was added. It was released in a single, I think, in Europe and maybe Canada, too. Yeah. But it wasn't released here. But the video was part of some of those short films and some of those oh, things yeah. that he put out. And that was, again, that message that we talked about. Just, yo, back off. Back off, dude. I am just doing my thing. I'm doing my thing. But yep. like, but I love because he took all the lies that people talked yes. about him. You know, the, 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 the elephant. the, the elephant marrying thing. aliens? Yeah. So. Oh, uh, <laughs> he, 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 uh, he sleeps in cryo chamber, or the, right. the, the, the special pods Hyper, and whatnot. Hyperbaric chambers. The hyperbaric yeah. chambers and all that stuff. Like, that, that kills me, man. And whether or not it's true, you don't know. But nonetheless, you don't know him. Exactly. Leave him alone. Let the music talk. Let the music talk. Let the and music it talk. it did. And for me, th- why I picked this album for you guys is because my first music memory, as James knows, and I think you guys know as well, Malcolm and Corbin, is that this is music. My first music memory is Michael Jackson's Thriller. I remember that album came out when I was three, but I remember I had my dad had on vinyl. He used to play it in one of the rooms in my house. Oh. It was like a bar. I had this bar in my house that I grew up in, and I remember my dad, and I remember being like, it was Halloween and playing Thriller and hiding underneath the bar stools. I have those memories in my head. So this album comes out. Michael's already my favorite. And this album, I'm like, wow. The reason I love music is because of Michael Jackson. That's yeah. why I thought it was appropriate to go back and bring bad to it because creatively, I think this is Michael and Quincy Jones, the producer, at their best. And we appreciate that because it's a phenomenal album. We done good. We it done took good. me back. It took me it really back did. to being five years old mm-hmm. and dancing around my living room. Oh, dude. And I aspire. I've always aspired to dance like Michael Jackson. No oh, kidding. Who I still try to. You should have seen me at that wedding. I was still trying oh, to do dude. my moves. When he when he died, I memorized the choreography to Thriller and beat it. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yo, oh yeah. yeah. No, I studied yeah. those. Oh, oh yeah. I, I, I don't know that. him anymore, but like yeah, I used but, to be yeah. able to do the whole like dance routine. For oh, both I still those do. Videos. Oh, I'm sorry. Cause I, I <laughs> still yeah. practice. See, okay, I know like like so like the hallmark ones, but like yeah, no, I don't know it as well. I was like, I definitely, I could never get the moonwalk. Don't don't invite Malcolm to a Halloween party because like Thriller will get pulled out at least twice. All right, note to self: exactly invite Malcolm. Yeah, exactly invite Malcolm. Check and check. Check and check. I do the kick. I got my take on the album was a lot different. 
Well, not really different. I just loved that it was very innovative because he used so many different, you know, the instruments. He used a light pen that made sound that made some of the sounds that you're going to hear for the rest from that point on till now. Yeah. Like God, yeah. And the wave machine that he used, like all those sounds were just completely brand new. You know, he he put himself in his what he called laboratory, yeah. which was his, you know, his his studio. Mhm. But he, and he just put it all together, and he wrote how many tracks? Up to three CDs worth. Yeah. yeah. He was going to originally release this as a three-disc album. Like, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, this man put together the ten best tracks. Can you imagine what the other tracks were? Like, <sighs> seriously. Think about that. But with that Bad 25 hey. release, he did add t- ten more. I was going to say, you know? yeah, like, that's the one that I have. And yeah. Yeah, he had, like, and there were ten more tracks that he added to it. See, yeah. I, had to, I had to pull out the cassette tape. I love that. And then I had to listen to Leave Me Alone on Spotify because it wasn't on the cassette I had to go digging through my little little box that has a bunch of cassette tapes. And I was like, oh, there's Boys to Men too. Oh, there's Michael Jackson's bad right next to it. That is is so funny. Love that. And you know what? We never said I love that he was trilingual on this album. Yeah. Because he recorded I Just Can't Stop Loving You in three different languages, English, Mm -hmm. Spanish, and French. I thought that was dope. But That is dope. Yeah, Yeah, that's definitely dope. Yeah. But, man, like this, this is just one of those that. I'm, I got to give this a five out of five. Uh, I mean, it, just for, it, it, the album's amazing and posterity and memories and all that stuff. Five slaps I, out of five. Five slaps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, five oh. snaps for Michael. <laughs> yeah, but five snaps. It, 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 it needs the snaps. It needs yeah. snaps is what it needs. Mm-hmm. It, it maximizes my meter, man. Like, yeah, whatever I, the top is. I, whatever the it. top is, it gets that. Uh, yeah, five slaps out of five. Like, like, <laughs> we're, we're looking at me like I was going to have some type of different opinion. Four point nine. Like five slaps out of five. Four point nine. Four point nine eight seven. Because quite frankly, you just can't have a perfect album. Yeah, no because just good friends was just a throwaway. Because just it good just friends. Was, oh, whatever. Whatever. It's disappointing. Whatever. I'm done with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad song. Just compared to the other ten. It's okay. Oh man. Okay. okay. Well, you know, so I guess I have to pick the homework for, for next week. Um, it's your turn. Which is which is a struggle because I'm like I'm I'm torn between two. So I I kind of want to throw at you guys. Would you guys want to listen? No, to no, 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 no. You choose one. No, 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 no. I'm I'm, I'm throwing a, a type? genre. You I'm, I'm throw, a type. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna throw okay. a type. Okay. I want uh, something not hip hop. Okay. No, b- both genres aren't hip hop. One's um rock. Okay. And one is electronic. Electronic. You know what I want? I'll go rock just to throw a curveball at you. Okay, so I have. Electronic and have electronic and rock, and, and rock. that's you. You're the deciding vote, okay? Because it's yours. It is mine. Okay, so it's gonna be. This album is actually very, very. It's a very new album. Um, it, it's a DJ by the name of. Because I, I, I was gonna go with Janet Jackson's Velvet Rope, but I was like, we, we, we can't say Jackson, so I'm gonna. I'm. We'll, we'll say that for for another day. Okay. Um, I will. <sighs> still a phenomenal album. Still a great yeah. album. And I wanted to go uh rock or alternative, and I was gonna recommend some Rage Against the Machine. Oh. Mm. I could still do that. That one. that would be a challenge for me, but I'd be up for it because like I I honestly haven't listened to. I'm not too big. Like the most that I know of rock is songs that I've memorized from Rock Band Two. Okay. But so um, we're gonna do I'd, that. I'd one. be up for it. I'm gonna Let's save. I'm gonna save the electronic one for 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 a later date. Because this uh, Renegades from Rage Against the Machine. Ah, it's an interesting choice by Rage Against yeah, the Machine. Yeah, okay. one of my favorites from them. Actually, okay. um, I'm a huge fan of it. I love Tom Morello, um, and I just think that mu- musically, like Rage Against the Machine, what? Uh, Renegades, R- Renegades, okay. Renegades. Yeah, um, yeah, they're just like 
I love that album, and I would like to very much talk about it. And I think that uh, it's going to have a lot of thought provoke. Uh, thought provoke. It's going to have a lot of thought that we thoughts provoked. Yeah, because I'm looking at the, the track week. list. I really only really I remember two songs. Yeah. And yeah. I liked Rage because wow. they were kind of rocky but hip hoppy at the same time. Exactly, that's mm-hmm. what's really cool, you yeah. know. And like, and like, they had that influence, and so yeah. it was, it was, it was kind of cool to hear that. Very so. protesty. Yeah, yeah, very, very protesty. Mm-hmm. I mean, they even protested back, and I, I, I think you were telling me this about Bonnaroo, right? Or yeah. no, that was Grant saying uh, that they walked out naked, like back, back, probably back in '09, <laughs> and for 40 minutes they just me. they just stood on stage, like they didn't play anything. They just stood on stage, like. Thang thing out, just like <laughs> boom, just they, boom. Like they whatever. almost caused a full blown riot at Coachella in 2007. I didn't go to that too. one, but yeah. I've heard a lot of stories. All my friends that went said that they, it caused like a complete chaos scene. But that's what their music is intended yeah. to do. Yeah, and love it. I'm interested. Love it. Uh, you know what? I don't even want to talk about why you chose the album because yeah. I want to yeah. wait that yeah. next week. We'll wait. Yeah. We'll wait. Audit. I like the album. We're if this was my it. choice, I would have chose a whole other album by them. Exactly. And, 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 and I think I know the album that you would have chosen too. Mm. Oh, we can talk I about that next week too. I think we yeah, do. Yeah, we can so, mention yeah. that. Like, That's back. how you drop it. And I'm curious yeah. to see what James thinks about it too. Is his first time going around with Rage Against the Machine? Yeah. I'd be curious to see what you make of it. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. They're dope. I like that. Good choice, Malcolm. Well done. Well, homework, guys. So that's our Sound Surfers podcast episode four. Next week, we will bring you an album review. We'll discuss amongst ourselves we'll do malcolm's homework we'll bring you another list we'll get you caught up on your music news this is how we do these things sound surfers check it out on iheart radio my name is rob i'm james malcolm and i'm corbin we'll talk to you next week